What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Middle cop! Hey, me! Hey, me! You know what this song makes me think? What's that? What I feel when I hear this song, John? I feel, I just, you punch us, we're going to smile at you. When you knock us down, we're going to bite your kneecap on the way up. You know what I love a coach? When he drops a, my team is going to represent this city. Oh, this, is this city is full of guys that pack a lunch pail. With, in that lunch pail, maybe it has a little yogurt. Just a couple pieces of bread with some meat. Probably no condiments because just toughness. And maybe maybe some chips. And that's what all they got to eat for the 10-hour workday. And they, they clock in and they go to grind. And when they get home, they just they hope by the end of the week they can watch my team play and it represents the local 703. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, guys, we get it. Well, you know? how come they always got to say, like, this is going to, this city's a bunch of people that have been counted out. And we're going to reflect that. I'm like, you're going to only be sixth round picks? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. We listen. We, we, we this, I look around this city, I see a bunch of miserable broke people. And I don't want my team to be anything like that. What if someone came out like that? I want my team to be elite blue chippers, millionaires who ball. Not I got a like contract, uh, the poor losers. Yeah. You know, that's not, I don't know I don't know none of our fans have six-year contracts. The the, the uh the the Detroit Lions did like uh they did a bunch of Campbell content and one of them is your classic like four picks on one tweet and it's you know one of him sitting at his desk for the first time, one of him like doing an action shot walking down the halls. Another one him walking, you know the pick action shot coming through you know usually has a great parking spot it doesn't really it's like seven feet to the front door it's like he doesn't have to walk that far to the parking lot to get the and it looked guy it looked like he was coming from a range rover i I couldn't he was already a couple steps you couldn't tell what car was his i just blew it up it's it looks like it's a there's an explorer and a ford flex wasn't so, the white car a Range Rover? No, nah, it's a Ford Flex. It does look like a Range, but but my guess is these are they're Fords. So clearly okay, yeah, they yeah, picked yeah. them up in one of these cars. Yes, yes. Okay, that that makes more sense. Okay, I assumed white Range Rover. I was like Dan Campbell Range Rover. And then I started thinking he's been coaching the league a while. He's probably pretty rich. Not inconceivable. Makes way more sense Ford because it did. There was a good picture. Someone quoted one of the tweets of him like an action shot at the desk when it was like he looks like a guy. Ready to push about twenty five F one fifties, and he does. Like he, he will go he, to work. He really in does. They've yeah, got to hit their sales like, goals this month. There's yeah, no he'll doubt. be in an F one fifty. He's holding a binder that says twenty twenty season Detroit Lions, and then That's I will Patricia's. Say, the, the 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 photo of him wearing the beanie for a second. I think is he part of the Bald Brotherhood? But I mean, obviously he's not. But no, he's got some hair. I mean, he's a he big quite a motherfucker. Bit he's he big. Quite a bit of hair. He had long hair when he played because they did a photo of him like when he was a player. Yeah. I uh, think he, him and Vrabel are kind of the guys now that you wouldn't mess with. 
You see Singletary? I, I, I don't... I hope it's just throwing uh, the guy a bone. The Bears interviewed him for the defensive coordinator job. What? I do wonder if it's, you know, one of the historic players in your franchise, down and out, if like the McCaskies ask. If he's hired, I, I will be out on my guy. Yeah. But it's just one of those that I'm going to give them, what do you do? If Singletary's banged, he's begging, he's, you know, probably the second best player in the history of your franchise. You give him a token interview, right? Man, I mean, he got fired from saw him in the commercial. Though. Maybe the owner's like, I just saw him in this commercial. Yeah, he, he looked coach. really good. Like like you said, yeah. Middlecoff, convincing coach. Yeah. Podcast brought to you by Ease. Ease.com. Promo code HAM or promo code HAM10 if you're a returning user. The HAM10 gets you 10% off. First time user gets you 20 bucks off your first order of $50 or more. Ease.com. Promo code HAM. E-A-Z-E. Check out the website. Check out the menu. Topicals, edibles, vapes. Uh, you name it. They got it. Can't recommend the edibles enough. Check it out. Please tell your friends. Ease.com. Help you sleep. Help you relax. Saw Jay-Z invested in the cannabis industry. Love the cannabis industry. Can't recommend it enough. Feels good. Has medical benefits. No hangover. I, I just I, I don't see any negatives to the cannabis industry. Just got to be 21 or over. Yep. You get verified online at ease.com in minutes. And then delivery in minutes. To your house. To your house. Condo. To your casa. Wherever you live. To Casa Corona, if you're parked outside picking up some Mexican food. Love that place. Yeah. Uh, Remember those little bean burritos they had? God, oh, had the, the little catering? minis. Oh, when you get uh, the yeah. full tray and it would just like oh. have these little, they were probably like four inches long and you could just crush like six of them and, and yeah. before uh, the, b- before uh, J-Lo's done with the national anthem at the Super Bowl. I'm a sucker for a good bean burrito. Uh, promo code ham. <laughs> 20 bucks off. See, we're talking about ease. 20 bucks off your first delivery of $50 or more. Also, speaking of national anthems, kickoffs, we got the NFC and AFC championship games this week. We are playing a two-game game. So it's four four teams. That's who you choose from. 100 people, 10 bucks each. DraftKings, sign up. Promo code HAM. You're shot at millions of dollars in prizes. Get in our game, the Haberman and Middlecoff League, popping off yet again. Yep, I'm going to tweet it out. You tweet it out. I think we got, what, like a little over uh, 24 spots left and growing, yep. so you got to get in quick. Download the app. Can't recommend it enough. Love our friends at DraftKings. It's not just football, though, right? MMA this weekend. Uh, you got the American Express going right now. Uh, golf every week. The NBA. You tried to play college basketball. The options are endless. Baseball's not far around Game the corner. Game got canceled. Did, didn't, you do, uh, didn't you do a little baseball last year? I absolutely did some baseball. <laughs> it was very difficult. <laughs> not easy. But I got close <laughs> a few times, actually. Yeah, you just got to get the right guy that goes like three for four with two bombs and seven ribbies. Well, I right? did. I had like Ben Benintendi was awful, but then the cheapest guy I had like some shortstop from the Tigers that had like a 22-point day. I don't remember his name. I'd imagine picking pitchers is hard because even if you get a sweet starter, that guy could easily go four and they just yank him, right? You just yeah, but know. at least like the best right pitchers, uh, but the odds, the best pitchers just are probably going to be the best. The best hitters, you got over uh, four every other, you know, you never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Uh, but that still makes it fun, though. DraftKings, because you get a little sweat in, chance to win a million dollars, download the DraftKings app, promo code HAM, do it right now. Yep. And like John said, the MM, uh, MMA events, it's all there. All right. Mailback. We said we got one mailback question to get to today. Go to the iTunes, Haberman Middlecoff, the podcast. We want to uh, grow the reviews there. That really helps us out. So we appreciate you giving us a review. Five star. Put a question in your review and um, we'll answer it. But let's say why we're really doing it. We yeah. want to interact with the people because when Guy Haberman did radio, he loved taking calls. Oh my God. He loved taking calls more than life itself. So we thought, how do we do modern day calls? And yeah. in 2021, you just do internet review mailbags. It's the same thing. So it's I our version of what guy used to love on the calls. I will personally reply to 100 Instagram DMs before I take another phone call. <laughs> <laughs> I love Instagram DMs. Our DM, like anyone that knows, yeah. anyone that's been in our Instagram DMs knows that we're, we're there for the fun. All right. So uh, this five-star review, thank you, Dan. Uh, on iTunes, Haberman and Middlecoff, go give us a review. Says, John's mentioned that he knows Sean McDermott. Do you have any insight into what makes him a successful head coach? He's super guarded with the media, shows very little personality in interviews, but his players seem to have a lot of respect for him. Since he took over, zero drama, nothing went public, even the Nathan Peterman disaster, <laughs> Fonte Davis quitting mid-game, Josh Allen sucking as a rookie, 
What do you think separates uh, the coaches who have trust uh, from their uh, players versus the Matt Patricia's and Bill O'Brien's of the world? It's simple as winning games. His second paragraph is just a bunch of compliments of the podcast, so we appreciate that. You remember the old fullback John Ritchie? Hell yeah. Yeah, he, he does, I guess, radio now in, in Philly. Rosillo had him on the pod the other day, and he played for a couple years for the Eagles. And he brought up McDermott. He said, the funny thing is, when we were playing, players would constantly try to fuck with him because he never smiled. He was always so serious. And no one could ever get him to crack. And I was like, that's pretty dead on point. Like, he is a very, very serious guy. But he's like very serious, intelligent, and not like intimidatingly serious, but intimidatingly like you need to feel like you're on your P's and Q's around him. I think he's just a really high-level guy. He's not like a fluffy guy in the sense of you can have a conversation with him, but he's not huge bullshitter. Uh, Anything that like feels that he can't improve, that won't improve his ability to coach or football, he's not really that interested in. He's kind of... I'm not comparing him to Saban, because Saban has a little more personality, but anyone that I've talked to that knows Saban personally, like sometimes the interactions, it's just, it's just very matter-of-fact. Like, get to the point, on to the next task. And I think Sean's very much like that. Uh, you know, he quit Goldman Sachs. They mentioned that in the broadcast, I think over the weekend, and went to coaching. He had a job in Goldman Sachs. Like, he, this guy is really, really intelligent. But he was a college football player. He was Mike Tomlin's, you know, uh, teammate. I just think he's a really high-level guy. But his his personality is not like Kyle and McVay. Like, I think those guys can bullshit a little bit. And I'd say Kyle's... Kyle can. I don't think he necessarily wants to. Sean's probably the best example of a guy that just can hold the camera. I don't. I just don't think Sean's into all that. And he's obsessed, like I, I, I would compare him to Kyle. Like, they're not messing with low-character screw-around guys. It's just they. I think one of the reasons the Bills have had success is they don't they don't take flyers on guys. They don't mess around with guys. Josh Norman would probably be as big of a stretch as they would get, but Sean coached Josh Norman all those years in Carolina when he was really good. So there was like, you know, I mean they they acquired Stephon Diggs under you know it didn't it wasn't it got weird with him in Minnesota, but he was a winning to me. He was a winning diva in the sense of. Minnesota, when he was there, kicked ass, and he had historic plays, right? He caught the Minnesota Miracle. He was one of their most productive players on teams that were consistently going to the playoffs and winning. I think sometimes when you get a guy like that, it's like, I usually red flag that player on losing teams. Like, he was one of their best players on a team that consistently win for a hard-ass coach. You know, and that one... It had some red flags to it, but looking back, it wasn't that as crazy as probably the hype, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it was probably a little understandable, too, right? Watching them, you understood some of his frustrations. Yeah, I, I just think Sean, and listen, we'll probably make fun of you know Dan Campbell. I think whenever you talk about these coaches, I think he's just true to himself. I think he just carries himself like who he's comfortable being, which is really serious, hardworking, <laughs> Probably eats a lot. He eats a lot of salads. Like he stays really skinny. He wears a ton of Travis Matthews. Like he is king of Travis Matthews. Bald guy. It's not too Always long on him. Matthews Does he tuck guy. it in? Uh, no. I mean, he's probably six feet. You know. Yeah. I mean, he's, oh, okay. He's, it's it's made for his body type. Yeah. It definitely made for is. his body type. No, that's a good. Plus I notice. I notice when I gain some pounds, my Travis Matthews shirts don't fit. Yeah. They just. But when I'm in Travis, good shape, they they look good. Travis Matthew, very unforgiving. Yeah. Do you have any Travis Matthews? No. Here? I've tried it on before. It doesn't work for me. I got a pair of pants for Christmas. They're fantastic. Pants might actually work for me, but I've only tried on the yeah. shirts. I have a couple okay. hats that are Travis Matt. Like I got a local golf course hat, right? That is, it's yeah. a Travis Matt. Like you have the same, like you have like a banded dude hat that is a Travis Matthew hat. So yeah. anyway, hit us in the mailbag. Good question on Sean McDermott. Good insight, Middlecoff. Uh, hit us in the mailbag, which is really their iTunes review. We appreciate that. Do it. Oh, we got some, uh, we got some breaking news, Middlecoff. The 49ers, oh, the 49ers just got a draft pick on January 21st. Another one. Wow. They are cleaning up. So here's what we're talking about. Uh, so John Keim, who is the ESPN Nation reporter that covers the uh, WFT, the Washington football team, just tweeted, per source, Martin Mayhew will be the new GM in Washington. Not sure yet about Marty Herney or his potential role, but Mayhew is the GM. 
the the reports had been that Herney was going to be the GM, right? That's what it yes had appeared. that was a report as of we're recording this Thursday. As of on Wednesday, that was he was the GM. So if this report is correct, the Niners don't get a uh, pick if Martin Mayhew goes and does not become the GM, but they do get a pick. Minority candidate becomes the general manager. The Niners are going to get three third-round picks, one in each of the next three drafts after the compensatory round. So when it was just Salah, you got two. If it was just Mayhew, they'd get two. But since they lost two guys, you don't get to double up and get four. They lost two guys, they get three total. So one each of the next three years. Yeah, I mean, this guy, if you if I would have told you a year ago that Martin Mayhew became a GM faster than Adam Peters, I don't think we, I mean, would you believe me? Uh, no, I would not have believed you. No, so I, I would say that was pretty shocking in the sense of this guy became a GM before their, I wouldn't say rising star, but like their number two guy, the guy that got all the credit for being like kind of helping them pick players and who's been interviewing now the last couple of years for these jobs. A little shocking. And the Niners benefit. Like the Niners benefited their draft and really their future of their team. That's pretty big little addition. All because Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch felt comfortable in hiring Robert Sala and adding Martin Mayhew once upon a time. And it led to this. I don't love this rule. Uh, it obviously benefits the Niners, and if these picks turn out well, it benefits me and you because we talk a lot about the Niners, and I would love them to make another Super Bowl run. <laughs> the better they do, the better our business is, and the more fun it is to do this. Uh, and it, I'm not trying to complain. It doesn't. They went six and ten. It's still you get to talk about football, but I'd rather have them be winning. But the reality is, to me, this job, or I mean this, this incentivize. It doesn't really. It just. It almost takes away from Martin Mayhew got a GM job. Why? Because once upon a time, he was a general manager. And actually, when you look at his time, like he drafted a lot of really good players when he was in Detroit. Ndamukong Sue, I think there was a long list of guys. I can't even think of them off the top of my head. But they went to the playoffs a couple times with the core of his roster. And I remember when John Lynch hired him, they had played together in Tampa. And I, I never met him. I don't know much about him. But I everyone seems to like him. And it's... You know, Ron hired him to be his general manager and uh, glad for this guy to get another opportunity and the Niners benefit. I I just, I get what the league is trying to do, uh, but it's just, it's kind of crazy the Niners get two extra third round it picks is. just because Robert Sala and Martin Mayhew get a job. It is. And, yeah, and I don't know, like to me, it, it only is, it's only working if... Uh, people are getting hired because of this, and I don't, you know, who I don't know. That there's much evidence that anyone's been hired because in two or three years, when he le- when that person leaves, we might be able to get a comp- compensatory. You're saying the pick. team is hiring the guy, hoping they get their round. Yeah, picks. like Kyle Shanahan didn't just promote D'Amico Ryan's. Like, man, if this goes well in three years, I'm getting a third. Yeah, right. Um, so I do think some of it is probably just trying to project that. Look, we're trying to do everything we can. Look at what we're trying to do. So whatever you, you I mean, know, you know the three people. Yeah, I mean, you know the three people that so far they benefited this year: Sean McVay, Sean Payton, and Kyle Shanahan. And I think all of them, to a man, would tell you, I, I hired them because I thought they were the best guy for the job. Right? I didn't know envision. I mean, they they never would have known. But at who the did time. Sean McVay lose? Uh, the Holmes, the GM for oh, 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 the, yeah, uh, right. the Lions. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's Les Snead, Sean McVay, or whatever. Yeah. But I'm just saying, Sean McVay, Sean Payton, and Kyle Shanahan, I was like, yeah, those three coaches get an extra third-round pick. People are like, well, serious? Right? I, again, I understand the optics of the rule and the 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 intent of what the league is trying to promote. I, I just wonder, like, the Niners are directly benefiting greatly this year and next year. That's four third-round picks, guy. For losing people that they just yeah hired them because they were what guys are high level defensive coordinator the other guy was a former GM like it wasn't pretty normal hires right yeah yeah I mean w- when they hired Martin Mayhew we thought God this is for especially because John Lynch like a, did not remember have any he was like GM a consultant kind of at first he was yeah but be it was like, like there okay so you got John Lynch no GM experience but you got this guy who's been a GM in Martin Mayhew you got another guy who looks like he could become a GM soon and Adam Peters this is a hell of a little hell of a little group you you just acquired. It seems like you've got somebody to complement each other's weaknesses. Um, he was the GM from 2008 to 2015 in Detroit. And you're right. I mean, you just draft for that long. Uh, Lincoln Tomlinson, Amir Abdullah, Quandre Diggs was a six-round pick. Eric Ebron, Kyle Van Noy, um, 
Ziggy, Sue. your boy Ziggy Ansa, Darius Slay, Theo Riddick. Yeah. To hear Whitehead was a fifth rounder. Uh, yeah. Well, Sue was 2010. Stafford was was 09. Is he going to go get Stafford now? Not out of the realm of possibility. Third rounders for the Niners. That's a lot of value. I mean, it's cheap players. It's in a round where you're still getting starting players under v- league minimum contracts. Yeah. It's just that that's a the second and third round is a powerful position. Really the third round though because they're so cheap. You know, for the first two or three years of their career. Right. Fred Warner, I mean, he he was an all-pro making 850 grand. It's hard to beat that. No, and and, and, trust and me, what John we, Lynch would be like, we'll never beat that again because we're about to pay him. Well, what do the best drafters say though? You need a lot of swings. And the Niners just added several swings. And you're right, they didn't have a third. That's the third is what they sent to Washington for Trent Williams. Uh, oh yeah. So that's that's what their third was. So good, good come call. up for the Niners. This is this Hell is what yeah. you call uh, letting your money make money. <laughs> yeah. You just hire high level guys and there's an element of luck to this all too, 100%. right? I mean, just, yeah. <laughs> like he just knew Martin Mayhew. He, you know, they they played together. Wow. All right. Well, that leads us to this: the Niners' quarterback situation is something we've talked a ton about. We'll continue to talk a ton about. Uh, but the competition for potential quarterbacks only grows. Uh, we talked to you and I talked about this the other day when Philip Rivers retired. Now the Colts need a quarterback. Uh, Washington already needed a quarterback, but now Martin Mayhew's there. He's the guy that drafted Matthew Stafford. Maybe he's maybe Matthew Stafford's more inclined to be a WF tier. Keep in mind, because Stafford does have some control here since he's under contract, right? He can make it difficult to be traded to a team that um, he doesn't want to go to. Now, I should also add, as you've pointed out before when we talked about Phillip Rivers, uh, there's really not a lot of evidence yet that Matthew Stafford's about to be traded, but... Now they have a GM in place. Now they have a head coach in place. So if if that conversation is going to happen, maybe it, you know, I would imagine they're going to have to, they're going to talk to Matthew Stafford here in the next few days. That's part of the job. But there is just a lot of competition out there for the Niners right now. Yeah, there really is. Here's the thing though, guy, is Washington that went six and 10, you would think like, oh, they're drafting really high. They went to the playoffs. So the Washington football team is picking 19th. So the Niners pick, if if the Stafford thing does just become available, I, after Dan Campbell's performance, like, is is is, is Matt Stafford going to play for them? You know one story that came out today with Dan Campbell? First day of practice, when he took over the interim, Miami, Oklahoma drill. Very Tom Sula-ish. Okay. I, I, like, I, got, I got some serious Tom Sula vibes watching that press conference, yeah. Yeah, he might be, I, I to me, that that press conference day, if I'm Matt Stafford in my big-ass house somewhere, I got to be thinking, like, it's time. Maybe I text my agent, like, how can we do a request without looking NBA-ish, without looking, you know, James Harden-ish? And I do think in the NFL, it's easier with a holdout, right? Like, Khalil Mack was like, Pay me my big contract. Like I'm not, I'm. It's not worth me getting hurt, right? It's a little more complicated when you're under a massive contract. And Stafford's been paid hundreds of millions of dollars. And I do think a guy like Matt Stafford has taken a lot of pride in not ever like playing injured, playing on shitty teams. He doesn't complain, you know. For I, and I think a lot of people would have given him the leeway to complain. I think it's time, uh, but he's got to do it. And if he does do it, I would imagine the guy that drafted him once upon a time and actually had some success with him would be interested. But that's just ultimately where the Niners trump card in this whole situation, for Stafford specifically, is they just have a pick that trumps everyone else. You know, that 12th pick, and we saw last year with DeForest Buckner, is really powerful. Right. Now, where it would get complicated is the Sam Darnolds of the world, you know, just of the second and third round picks, what's it worth? And that that's where it gets put for Matt Stafford. The Niners have the Trump card. Like the Niners have the Araldus Chapman. If they want to throw the 102 mile an hour fastball, you ain't touching it for sure. And it's just like, yeah, it's because no one's going to offer like multiple ones for Stafford. So their pick is just dramatically better. Uh, I, I just think Washington is a team. And this is another thing we've been talking about. They do know the Niners plans now. So you got Sala, in New York and LaFleur. Well, who has LaFleur spent the last four years every day talking to? Kyle Shanahan? If you said, do LaFleur and Mike McDaniels know Kyle's true feelings about Jimmy Garoppolo more than John Lynch, isn't it possible to think those two guys, they've just been with them for so long. They're 
Like they yep. know exactly how he thinks. If I'm Joe Douglas right now, I'm bringing. Well, you got to be careful because Lafleur is probably closer with Kyle. But just I'm just bringing in Lafleur and kind of picking his brain. I don't think you like, got to be careful. Kyle, Kyle Kyle doesn't pay. Yeah, his pay pay, doesn't pay him anymore. Yeah, true. And Martin Mayhew just he might not be as informed as Lafleur and Sala, but he's pretty damn informed. Like he's getting everything from John Lynch. There are two guys. And including solid LaFleur combo, and now Mayhew out there, they have a pretty good idea where the Niners stand, right? Here's the other thing where LaFleur and Salah help. LaFleur knows, especially, what Kyle thinks is Sam Darnold. Like, because yep. Joe Douglas could say, hey, Kyle, I called Kyle about Darnold, and Kyle, John Lynch said they'd only give a third. And LaFleur go, dude, I'm telling you, Kyle loves Sam Darnold. He loves him. Like, you can. I'm telling you, he's a little irrational about how much, or you know, whatever. Maybe, maybe he doesn't love him, and it's not. But that's not it. That's not inconceivable, guy. Right. That is not inconceivable. Like I, you play hard to get, stuff, and Kyle will give you a second round pick for him. That's the type of stuff that only a small percentage of people know every year. And the moment they go out on their own, and all the teams are kind of just find themselves at different points and times in the draft or with free agent money, but they're all looking for the same thing. There is an advantage to knowing what they think. Like, what what's the number one disadvantage forever with New England? It's like, yeah, no one knows what fucking Bill's doing, right? You know? No one knows it's what like, his board well, looks like. What about like? Bill's Nobody friends that get jobs? Yeah, yeah. That he doesn't tell them. <laughs> like that that is not normal, right? The, part of it is just like, yeah, it's like I knew Coach Reed loved this guy. Like, yeah, I honestly have no clue what Bill's thinking. He it was unique. Well, imagine if you had left the Chiefs in on January twenty first, the year that. That they drafted they Mahomes. Mahomes. Now, maybe by at that point, maybe they didn't quite have the interaction yet with Mahomes' agent. That you know, but you you might have known. Yeah, you might have known. I would have. I would have known Patrick for sure. I, I would have been able to be like, Veach and Dorsey love this guy. They're going to try to convince Andy to get him, and I would. I bet Andy's going to like him. Right. Yeah. Which helps you if you're two spots behind them in the draft and you whatever. Like that's where it comes into play. I mean, the the one thing from a specifically Stafford standpoint it, that makes Detroit interesting, right, is that they have the seventh pick. So there's nothing anyone can offer them that's better than what they already have. Like they're, in other words, and none of those teams above them are a quarterback away. Eagles, Bengals, right. Falcons, Dolphins, Jets, Jags. Now, do they want to go get the second? Do they want to go get Justin Fields and they need number twelve to trade with the Jets because the Jets are going to stay on Darnold? Yeah, they might. But I'm not saying they wouldn't want the 12th pick. I'm just saying it is interesting dynamic that the pick they have is better than the Niners' pick. you think if we took a step back pick. and I just told you, breaking news, the 49ers have traded 12th pick for Matt Stafford. From the Detroit perspective, they get enough? Um, is that better no. than like pick 27 and pick 58? Would you Or would you rather just have pick No, 12? no. If I was in Detroit, I think my first reaction would be like, what, what other pick did we get? Did we at least get a two with our first? No, we gave you pick 12. Yeah, but that, that would be my first reaction in Detroit. It's like, so we just got the no. 12th pick? But you 12 is a lot better than like a team drafting in the late first. I see what you, you're saying. If they also get an offer that's, yeah, the Colts are offering 21 and four, uh, what would that be? 12, yeah, 48, you know, 59, 20, yeah. 52, whatever it is. Bad at math. <laughs> hey, Searing. Um. Yeah, I would take twelve in that case, especially yeah, I since I have five. Right, I have five. I can go bam, bam with two blue chippers, or in Dan Campbell's case, maybe trade them all for fifth rounders. You can get a bunch of blue collar guys, but yeah. guys that relate to the city. But what, like, what's what? What is Chris Ballard going to do at twenty one? Right, like he he doesn't want. I think trade. he's in a little bit of a pinch. I think he's got a problem on his hands. I don't know. I they're kind of in no man's land. This is the problem with, you know, they always say you never want to be eight and eight in the NFL. You want to either yeah. be a playoff team or lose. Was well, true. You want to be a playoff team unless your quarterback's thirty nine years old, going to sign a one year contract, and then just retire. They're kind of in no man's land because are you going to trade pick twenty one for Sam Darnold? Uh, eh, don't really want to. Is is your late second getting it done? Maybe not. Uh, I, I think they're in a tough spot. I think the Niners are in a position that trumps all those two. They can get up farther because 12 is way better than going to 21. So if they have to go 21, 
to six or eight or whatever, right? You don't have to drum back as far. They could always the, go the, back. The Niners have an advantage over the, all the teams that are looking for a quarterback that are in the 20s. If they want Sam Darnold, then they could go backwards with 12, too. Right. You're saying like a draft day trade. Yeah, adapt, go go from 12 to whatever, 19. Yeah, like, yeah and then add a second. Add a second, and, you, and then use that second, keep your own second, whatever. Right. You go, well, we don't want to give him the 12th pick I, of the second round. but Sam Darnold's not getting a first-round pick. I, I, no, I no, yeah, I'm that. saying you take you take your first, you add the second, and then you send them the second you got, and you keep your second, which is gotcha. probably better than the one you got since you moved back. Yeah. But I'm with you. Sam Darnold, you're just saying, just generally speaking, Sam Darnold, don't expect he shouldn't get a first. Do you think Sam Darnold's going to three years in the league? Hasn't gone that well. I don't think so. Got to pick up his fifth-year option. You might have to pay him pretty soon. You don't know that much. Part of like what made Jimmy valuable is there was a little dabble of information. He had started a game and a half. A game and a half. Think about that. A game and a half. Well, yeah, sometimes starting a game and a half is better than starting three games. Sometimes seeing a glimpse of somebody is better than staring at them for three hours. Well, yeah, I'm saying a game and a half trumps the, th- you know, however many games Sam Darnold started, 36 right. or whatever. But I'm just saying career, sometimes right? less information can get you more. Yes. Right? I think the information on Sam Darnold right now is you probably You see like pretty some pretty eyes. You're like, oh. And then you go, you zoom out and you go, oh. That was, just, that was just the filter on that swipe, right? It's, it's pretty easy to see filters now. <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> I know you're manipulating the process. It's like a highlight tape from a high school kid with only like, hey. oh, you scored, eight t- you scored a touchdown a game or these were just the only eight touchdowns you scored. You didn't send me other tape. Well, yeah, it turns out you only catch jump balls on the goal line against five, seven uh, biology majors. Howie's like, don't be mean to J.J. Ortega-Whiteside guy. God, man. Because that's what he used to do, catch jump balls in the corner of the end zone. I know. You caught a lot of them. But but then he went to the combine, remember, and ran like a 4-4-2. People like, oh, he's fast. They got to figure that thing out. Um, Yeah, anyway, we'll keep talking about it. A lot of competition for the Niners. Should make it fun. Should make it very fun. I uh, got some interesting developments on uh, Robert Sala, John, and what his role with the Jets is going to be. I mean, we know he's the head coach, but a little more detail on how that's going to go. Robert Sala is not going to be handling defensive play calling duties with the Jets. Uh, Jeff Ulbricht is going to be his defensive coordinator. Sala's just going to big big CEO. Surprised by that? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty shocked. I, I Part of to me hiring Robert Sala or any young coach uh, – for, for that matter, is their expertise and dynamic ability to be a schemer, right? I guess it's it's easier with an offensive guy. I don't think we've had one offensive coach hired in the last however many cycles that was under like 45 that wasn't immediately a play caller, right? Can I, Including older guys like Frank Reich and I guess Bruce Arians is old. Can, but. can I just, let, let me put a little cav, a little, I'll just change a little bit. You tell me if you agree. I don't think it's necessarily old or young. It's just if I'm hiring you and you have not been a head coach before, it's the coordinators that you assume are going to be coordinators when they become head coaches because that's the thing yeah. that got them a head coaching job. True. But just just think of the crew of offensive guys that Sala's connected to, right? LaFleur, best man at his wedding. Kyle's his guy. McVeigh, it feels like they're all connected. He's been playing against them and they would be buddies if they worked together. They're all play callers, right? They're all play callers. Yeah. Arthur Smith gets the job. Sirianni to the Eagles. When Doug was hired to the Eagles, Josh McDaniels get an interview. Like when I think Josh McDaniels, if he's ever taken a head coaching job, it, the number one thing I'd be hiring Josh to do would be call the plays. And defensively, I just assume Saul is that on defense. He's just going to implement his defense. And when I saw they hired Jeff Ulbrich, who I used to like as in the late 90s on the Niners. And I know Jim Mora always liked, and he seems like a just an intense, like good member of the staff. Seems a little crazy to me for like part of being a CEO. I guess the way I think of it is you've understood and done everything else, so it's easier to become the CEO. Like once upon a time, Belichick was a defensive coordinator, right? And then he did that as a head coach, and he implemented his defense. Now, I think Sal is going to implement the defense that the Niners have been running in the Seattle-style defense. And I guess, obviously, Atlanta under Dan Quinn, like it, they, they're speaking the same language, right? Jeff Ulbrich with Dan Quinn has been doing Robert Sala. They all run the same shit. So it's not like 
he didn't just hire Dick LeBeau to run the three four or something. But still, like I have no problem hiring Jeff Ulbrich to be my defensive coordinator. Kyle Shanahan has offensive coordinators. Frank Reich's offensive coordinator just got a head coaching job, yet Frank calls the plays. I, I don't mind naming the guy. I would have thought Robert Sala would have called the defensive plays. Like I, yeah. If he wanted to do this in a couple years, I would maybe understand it. But to me, right off the bat, and I would imagine they talked about this during the interview process, Wouldn't if I was Joe Douglas, I'd, I'd want him to be my defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, look, I, the, the, here's the, the thing that makes me think, listen to you talk, is that Robert Sala belongs more on Pete Carroll's tree than he does on Kyle Shanahan's. He worked for Pete Carroll. He worked for Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan called plays. Pete Carroll didn't. Robert Sala came away from his experiences. He worked other places, too, and said, I'm going to be the kind of head coach that doesn't call plays. So I, I just because of this, I'm going to put him a little more under Pete Carroll's tree because it seems like that's a little bit more of what he's trying to, to implement. If you were an owner... Would you feel great about a first-time head coach paying seven, eight million dollars that wasn't calling plays? No, so I wouldn't. Just when you put it like that, but I also think it's really this is such an individual thing. Like I might feel great about it if I saw sat across from Robert Sala and he told me why he thinks it's important for him. If I'm if I'm calling defense, that means I can't go talk to Sam Darnold as much as I would like. I can't go keep an eye on the offensive line and talk to those guys as much as I'd like. I can't deal with some of the other big picture things as much as I would like. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm with you. I would I'd go, wait a second, what? Because we watch Tomlin and John Harbaugh and we're like, so they, when they win, it's like these guys. But when they lose, we go, what exactly is it that they do? Um, so I wouldn't feel great about it just generally speaking, but I, I, you know, I, I can't say that for sure. I wouldn't sit down with a guy and go, you know what? I'm sold. Jeff Ulbrich can absolutely run what you run. What's special about you. What got you noticed was your defenses were good, but what made your defenses good was the way you communicated and coached those guys. And yes, I want that for my entire team. I'm convinced. I, I, I can see how you would feel good about that. Like I need a leader for my football locker room to make sure that all Joe Douglas's players reach their full potential and your value is all that other stuff, which we kind of mock until we figure until we, you know, it's, it's easy when you're in it. It's probably the best way to describe. Like when you work for somebody who's terrible at it, you go, God, if they could, I don't need them to tell me how to get in and out of all the radio breaks. I just need them to be a good leader. Yeah. Now some people can do everything there. There's that too. And maybe, you know, I, he hasn't been a head coach, so it's hard to know, but, um, yeah, you're betting on the guy more than anything else, and that's hard to bet on. It's easy to bet mm-hmm. on his ranks. He was number two and number nine in defense back-to-back years. That's easy to bet on. For example, I think when Vrabel got to the Tennessee Titans, he brought Dean Peace. So it was like, you were hiring me. I was a defensive coordinator, but I'm going to bring in my defensive coordinator. And I think LaFleur was his offensive coordinator. Like, I'm going to bring guys that are going to be good at that job. And ultimately, I think Vrabel, a couple years later, he's now the defensive coordinator. But he brought Dean Peace. If if Sala had brought the equivalent of, like, Gus Bradley, right, or just someone that had been doing it, he is bringing a guy. That's a big part of it. You're right. Has Jeff Ulbrich been a defensive coordinator in the NFL? Like, to me, part of it is that's where Jeff Ulbrich, to me, falls under the category of he was a defensive coordinator – I guess Falcons? this year, yeah, that didn't go well. Now, part of it is because Raheem became the head coach, right? So he got he got elevated once Quinn got fired. Yeah. So no, is the short he, answer. Really. He's never been an he's never been a defensive coordinator really in his coaching life. Even who was UCLA. the UCLA? Who was the DC at UCLA those years? Uh, Mora. Was Lou it Mora? Lou Spanos. So maybe it was Mora. So it's just I. Do you remember Lou Spanos? No. My guess is it was Mora. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like a combination of them all. I, I just, I don't know, man. I don't, I, I think it's a pretty risky move for Saul to have a guy that's never been a defensive coordinator. Because that, wouldn't we say if it was, it was, it was reversed? If Kyle Shanahan, I guess, had named LaFleur or McDaniel his offensive coordinator when he got the job. We would have been like, well, isn't Kyle getting hired to well, call yeah, these absolutely. plays? Absolutely, you're right. It, it's different. It's different with offense. It's definitely different with offense. But I think the reason Robert Sala became a head coach wasn't just because Sherman, all these guys were talking about great a guy he was. Is their defense was good, right? It was their defense was good. 
And now he's not calling the defense. And if the guy's making the defensive coordinator, let's just face it, has been a part of a defense that was terrible. I mean, really, really bad. Yeah. Now, like I, that, you when, you when, don't... when all of us watched the Atlanta Falcons over the last several years, it was a joke how bad their defense was. And you always, and honestly, every time I was like, God, I'm, I'm kind of out on Matt Ryan. Then you watch, like, and he's not as bad as I thought. Maybe they're playing the long game. Like Joe Douglas is like, look, Robert, this defense does not have a lot of talent on it. We traded so Jamal Adams. You take over year two when we're a little better. We'll fire all <laughs> break. I don't want you. If you're coaching this defense year one, it's going to look bad. There's no, nobody could, this is, nobody could do anything with this. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> not out of the realm possibility. You know, Ulbrich, San Jose, San Jose guy? Oh, born in San Jose. Gilroy. What high school? Uh, Live Oak, Morgan Hill. Morgan Hill? That's, think, yeah, that's San Jose area. Yeah. Went to college in Hawaii. He went to University of Hawaii? Yeah, under recruited, clearly. So, I, so one thing pick. I'll say about Jeff Ulbrich, I guarantee you he can relate to people. Yeah, I mean, I, I think people really like him. I mean, I he's the guy that stood up for Raheem Morris, right? And said this guy should be a head coach. Well, I understand why these guys know each other because he was an assistant coach for Pete Carroll in Seattle when Robert was there with Gus Bradley. And then he's boys with Jim Mora. He's boys with uh, Dan Quinn. He's boys with Sala. Like, I like his crew. Like, his crew's that kind of West Coast defensive guy, right? When I think Jim Mora, I think Pete Carroll, like Gus Bradley. Like, that, that's just kind of their... That's like the equivalent of like Kyle LaFleur, McDaniel, McVay. Like that's just an older version of that on defense. Yeah. They've made a ton of money and they've had a lot of success and they're highly thought of in the league. I'm not I'm not trying to act like Jeff Ulbrich doesn't deserve a chance. No, I, I totally get what you're saying. You're saying you hire an assistant coach and pay him a lot of money, and the first thing he does is not the thing that he's known for. That's a risk. That's a, I, yeah. And I think that's fair. That's a risk. It might work out. Betting on himself doing other things well. He's betting on Jeff Ulbrich, but it's a risk. Yeah. Right now, go to sleepnumber.com slash ham. Save $1,000 on the Queen Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Yep, we can't recommend Sleep Number any more than we already do. Guys, Sleep Number Bed, I have a Sleep Number Bed. We are loyal, loyal Sleep Number people. We sleep better, partly because we listen. They, when they send us these reads, we listen to some of their tips. I, I make a habit out of this one. No caffeine. Definitely the second half of the day. Uh, I try to you create a peaceful place in my bedroom for a nice, you know, night's sleep. But it's so easy to sleep when you have your sleep number bed. They're softer. They also have the ability to change from hard to soft. The options there. Uh, and the amount of money you can save using Slash Ham, I can't recommend it enough, guy. No, that's right. Sleep number and sleep IQ sleepers. When you're one of them, when you're one of us, you get the data that backs up the fact that you sleep more. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now, $1,000, that's what you save on the Queen Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed for a limited time only, only at Sleep Number stores or at sleepnumber.com slash ham. All right, time for some game picks brought to you by mybookie.ag. Use the promo code HAM and the number one, HAM and the number one. They'll match your deposit uh, 50% up to $1,000. You can also decline the bonus that you get when you use that promo code. We appreciate you using the code. It lets them know that we sent you. Remember, if you do accept the bonus, you have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. All right, so AFC and NFC Championship games. And by the way, you got the NBA, you got college hoops, you got MMA, soccer. It's all there. Golf, you can live bet. So if you ever, sometimes, you know, if you're betting, and we'll talk about these games, if all of a sudden a team goes up by, you know, some touchdowns and you're like, well, I think this is just a, a random start. I still like the team to come back. You get pretty good odds. Live betting. <laughs> can also backfire. All right. So here we go. Time for our picks, John. Uh, for the NFC and AFC championship games, we will start with the NFC game because that game is the early game. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are plus three and a half at the Green Bay Packers. What are you going to do? I'm taking the Packers. I like the Packers to win this game. I like the Packers to cover this game. Uh, I MVP of the league at home. First time the Packers in the Aaron Rodgers tenure have ever hosted an NFC championship game. Amazing. RIP to Ted Thompson, the guy that drafted Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Kenny Clark, Aaron Jones, some of the best players. I mean, obviously the best players on their team. Uh, now, it's not going to be a full house. I would imagine if it was... They would have like a moment. It would the place would be. They'd be handing out like Ted Thompson 
towels, you know? He's in, I think I, I saw today he got put in the Ring of Honor like last year. Like, I mean, he's a pretty important figure in the history of the franchise, right? And now, you know, Gudikins had worked for him. I, that has nothing necessarily to do with the game, but I think there's going to be just, you're playing Brady, it's in Lambeau, it's going to be cold as shit, which won't phase Brady, but the rest of the guys, like, I don't know. I, I I actually think the more and more I think about it, Green Bay's going to win the whole thing. Like, this is just their year. It broke perfectly. We used to talk about this with Peyton Manning. No one in 15, 20 years, hell, I don't even think people now, like, remember how shitty he was that last year. He's like, yeah, he won a couple Super Bowls. He was one of the all-time greats. That's how Aaron Rodgers' career, like, Aaron's only been to one Super Bowl. That, to me, is pretty crazy. Yeah. I, I think uh, m- before the playoffs started, my pick was Packers over Bills in the Super Bowl. And as it relates to the NFC, I still feel that way. I do think the Packers win the Super Bowl. I do think they cover against the Bucs. Like you said, it's hard to go against Brady in the cold because Brady can handle the cold, but there's a whole other team there with them. And the Bucs kicked their butt the first time they played. Although I thought that game was a little, I don't want to say The Packers fluky. up 10-0. Yeah, and the it- Packers were up. And then, and then the, it just unraveled so fast on them. For a pick six. Yeah, it, it got really weird really quickly. Here's what I thought over the course of the year. There were two 13-win teams, the Bills and the Packers, and then the Chiefs won 14 games. I thought to about the midway 15. point, 15 games. 15 games? Yeah, 15-1. They, they had the quietest 15-1 team Jesus. season ever. I thought to about the midway point, um, I got them at 14-2. and two. The Chiefs? Yeah. I thought what the was Chiefs the other loss, though? Anyway, you looked that up. I thought to about the midway point, just before the midway point of the season, I thought the Steelers looked at many times like the best team in the league, then they lost Bud Dupree. The reason I like the Packers is I think over the course of the year, they have most consistently looked like the most dominant team. The Chiefs have sometimes looked that way. Obviously, the Bills have looked that way. The Bucks at times have looked that way. I think the Packers have, the, have most often looked like the most dominant team in the league. That's why I'm picking them this week. Do you know what the Chiefs' record you're, was? You're right. They remember they benched Mahomes. They benched all their players the last game of the season, and they got beat by the Herbert and the Chargers. I do not remember that. Yeah, well, Absolutely. no one does because nobody was watching. So Anthony Lynn's agent fault. was like, "Hey, I have been openly talking to you to everywhere, like just tweeting, like they're a 15 and one team, and no one's ever pushed. You know back. what? <laughs> you know what that's like? It's like when you say Peyton's a two Super Bowl win. Peyton Manning won two Super Bowls. The reason we don't go, yeah, but he looked bad at the end, is because when you watched his career, I at least felt like that's a guy who should have two Super Bowls. He's better than just a one Super Bowl quarterback. Rodgers is the same way. The Chiefs this year probably were the same way, but uh, that's why I'm taking the Packers. Well, they win this game and they get to the Super Bowl, which I I think they have a decent chance. If they were to win this game, let's say they win it by pretty handily. Let's say they win it by 14 plus points and they're just in complete control. And the Chiefs-Bills game, whoever the winner is, let's say it's the Chiefs, but they barely win. Are the Packers favored in the Super Bowl? Um, Yes. I think I so. I would think so too. But I think, I think it's like, you brought this up before. But they, I think the way like they do it is for point, people to bet. A yeah. point and a half. Um, I, so we agree then. I think we agree that the Bucks winning would be more surprising than whoever we think the underdog is in the AFC Championship game. Vegas says it's the Bills. They're plus three at the Chiefs. Um, I'm going. I'm taking the Bills and the points here. I don't feel fantastic that they win this game. I don't love so you feel way- better. You feel better taking the bills points than the bucks points. I do. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, I, I agree. Yes. Part of this is I actually, I actually really quick been- back to the Packer game yeah. on mybookie.ag promo code ham one minus three and a half for the Packers is even money. So, you know, usually you got to pay the VIG right for three is like minus minus one ten. You bet a hundred, you win a hundred. If now that, that half point is sometimes big, right? But, I like the Packers to win by a touchdown plus. So you can get one to one for them just to win to cover the three and a half. I, I think that's pretty good odds. Where when you look at the Packers or the Bills and Chiefs, it's minus one ten and they're three, right? Uh minus one ten and they're three, yeah. Yep. So So I, I'm with I'm with you. I, I like I feel more comfortable with Josh Allen and just the Bills operation at the Chiefs 
than I do the Bucks at the Packers, which is crazy to say. Like you're more confident in Josh Allen than Tom, but it's 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 about the others more than Tom. Like obviously I'm confident in Tom. Like I'm not Tom's the least of my worries. It's more like Bruce and fucking Mike Evans getting hurt and all of a sudden like their defense isn't quite as good and Nadamakan Sue. Remember Nadamakan and Aaron have had the thing over the years where he like stepped on his ankle and they hate each other or whatever. I saw that I was watching some of his interview with McAfee and they asked him and, and Roger's like, yeah, I mean, I kind of shrugged it off, but you can tell he hates him. He literally shrugs everything off. Kind of like yeah. in like a, I don't think about it. Yeah. I don't think about it. He's, just, he's, he's always like this. Why is he talking to McAfee? <laughs> um, good get by Mac. Is that a wall outside? Like is, is Villa? Um, I, part of it is I feel better about the Packers than I do about the chiefs. That's a part of it for me too. I feel better about the Packers than I do about any of these. For I wouldn't wouldn't it be disappointing? I've thought a lot about this this week. The Chiefs three straight championship games, all at home. Now the devastating loss I think has aged well to Brady. Right, it sucked to lose with D Ford, but you did lose to Belichick and Brady. It helps that so you won I, the Super Bowl the next year. It definitely helps, and where it probably hurts when you look back, you're like, God, we would have kicked the Rams' ass. <laughs> There's a decent chance. Would we be going for like three straight right now? But you're not. You're actually just going for two straight, and all of a sudden you lose this, and you've lost two of the last three championship games. Right. You go, God, we're the greatest offense. All these players are healthy, and we're wasting our shot. Yeah. I think they're like, you can, to me, you can lose to Brady or Rodgers in the Super Bowl. It's like we went to back to back Super Bowls. We won one. We lost to Brady or Rodgers. It's easier to stomach than like, God, we only got to one Super Bowl. At least you get to do a Super Bowl. You can lose Super Bowls. Ask Tom. Like, it's okay. You just got to get there a couple times. Yep. And you've already won the one. To me, they there is some pressure on the Chiefs just to win this game, just for the resume, right? And he's lost a lot of championship games. He has, but it's he's played in a lot of them. I mean, this, I he's, know. He's coached not diminishing. four Super Bowls now? No, he's coached. No, he's only been, this would be, if he gets this, would be his third. He went to one in, he only went to one in Philly, and he's only gotten to one in Kansas City. Oh, so he's trying to get to his third okay. as an as a head coach. I think he went with oh, Favre all the, or whatever. All the, but yeah, all the Packers. So and it's the like Niners. The Niners. Am I giving him credit for Mooch for being Mooch? <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I, I just Should wonder. Have been like I, the one thing his Super Bowl loss to the Patriots. It was to the Patriots, right? It doesn't, it, you didn't, you know, you lost to Brad Johnson or whatever. Like, you lost to the Patriots. Some of his devastating losses have been to Super Bowl champions. This one, like, you're just better than the Bills, even though they're good. You got to win this game. Then, to me, the Super Bowl, whatever. Coin flip. I, I'm not saying you, you feel good about losing the Super Bowl, but it's it'll age okay. Like, yeah, Rodgers won the MVP. He was the best player in the league, and he beat us by seven right, or whatever. Right, right, yep. Now it's not crazy. Like if I just told you Mahomes is healthy and they just win these next two games by ten plus, so it's not take it to another level. They do have the talent. That, well, that's what's crazy with all all of these is you. It feels like you're this close. Like the Bills are this close to Josh Allen being a Super Bowl champion, and it takes to another level. Aaron's this close to getting number two, and now it's you could being more freely say like maybe he is yeah. the bat. You would start a fr- <laughs> Tom wins, and it's like oh my god, he's just stepping on everybody's <laughs> throats. He's the greatest of all time in any sport. Um, and the then, Chiefs would be on one of the great three Andy, runs. Oh ever. my God. If Patrick Mahomes and Andy win it, I feel like, oh, remember that $450 million contract we signed? Thank God we signed it because it'd be more expensive now. Who has more to gain, the Chiefs or Rodgers? Because Brady doesn't really have. I mean, what is he going to add? It's, it'd be like, yeah, Bezos got richer. <laughs> you know, it's like, Brady, Brady won. Man, I mean, I feel like we talk about Aaron like he's one of the greats anyway. I agree. To me, Mahomes, because. Mahomes, we we already give it to him, but if he didn't win another champ, you know, you know what I mean. Like if they didn't get back to another Super Bowl eight years from now, we look back and go, "What could have been?" We thought you had like Mahomes could become the greatest of all time, and he won a championship. You win too early. Like to me, remember when Russell Wilson was about to win a second, and in the end, Russell, whatever, Russell still Hall of Fame. The whole but like, but like Rogers, when you really dive into it, it's like, well, we just. It's got- we talk about him like he's Elway or Marino. I get Marino's a bad example. Or Manning, but part of Manning, he had a hollowness to his career for a while. Mahomes could just bank the two. One of the things Brady has had in his back pocket forever, and you forget about, before the Patriots had Spygate, Deflategate, 
any fucking weird gate. He had banked three and four years. Yeah. And it was so long ago, but like he had that money in the bank by 06. Like, yeah, I'm a three-time champ. Yeah. And, he, and, then, and then it just rolled. So Mahomes, you, for the league, I think, because Rodgers is already Rodgers, you would want Mahomes because then he just becomes an epic legend at 25. Yeah, and I exactly. He becomes the, yeah. The other part of it is part of like what the you untouchable have to gain, star. Like, because then you could start having conversations like, could he chase bound Tom? Part of it, and he's young enough. Part of it, they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose Tom in the next year. Or two, the NFL, right? right? Yeah. Part of it, when we talk about what you have to gain, it's like what comes next if you win this one. Like, if you win this one, could Aaron win a third? If he wins this one, could Mahomes win four or five? Right. So, but you got to win number well, two before you can get. Now it's like Russell almost won number two, and now he's probably not going to get another one. Well, if the Chiefs or Packers win it, and Mahomes or Rodgers have two. They are the betting favorite going into next year. And whoever were to lose that game, if it's Chiefs Packers, would be like those two would be the best teams, right? They're going to be the best teams in 2021, the fall, viewed that way, right? Like those two teams, probably even more than Brady and the Bucs. Because I think a lot of people look at Brady and the Bucs like a little loosey goosey. And they're good. I mean, they're going to be in the mix. But how are the Packers and Chiefs just not going to be the two best teams next year? Mahomes has so, so much longer in his career. Rodgers does like, it's like he's old. Well, Brady was 37 like seven years ago. <laughs> like, why couldn't Rodgers go on a run right now? Like you said, that you win two. Could he win three? Could he win like two of the next three? And all of a sudden, like when the dust settles, like, God, you remember when Rodgers went to four Super Bowls and won three of them? Yeah. I mean, part of this is, I think part of that is, is this just Aaron or are we going to look back in 10 years and go, you know what? We didn't give LaFleur enough credit. We gave Aaron all the credit. It turns out he's got, like, does he have Sean Payton? Does he have one of the best coaches in the NFL? Is it going to turn out? Because if so, then maybe he does have that chance. If it's just him carrying LaFleur when Aaron retired, you know what I mean? Like, there's no doubt that Drew Brees is going to leave. Payton is going to have to find somebody else, but Sean Payton's still going to be a very high-level NFL coach. Well, we see him kick people's asses when Drew gets hurt. If LaFleur is that, then maybe maybe he, you know, maybe Rodgers can do it. Maybe they can win. Like it's hard to me to win like multiples if you're not if it's not the whole thing is firing. I agree. You know, so if, that, that's why I think you'd go the Chiefs and Andy got a good shot to just win some because right? he's one of the best coaches and he's one of the best quarterbacks. But don't you do you think it's unfair? Because I thought a lot about Lafleur. I when he first got hired, I was like, I don't know. Two years later, it's hard to dispute. But then you go, well, he did inherit this all-time great quarterback who was going through a rough stretch, and by his second year, he became a great player again. LaFleur gets credit, but any solid coach can deal with an all-time great player and just have a mix. But see, Plus he had, I don't agree with but I, but, but, but I'm leaning that I think LaFleur's pretty good. Yeah, I, my I, point is, I think LaFleur's just a good McVay, Kyle. Like He's legit. You just reminded now, me of a... He benefits. Those guys can't relate. He does have Aaron Rodgers. Like If I gave McVay sure, or Kyle Aaron Rodgers, they would kill people. You just reminded me of a take that I was really proud of one day that we did a podcast where the audio got lost and we never redid it, is... Uh, he gets a ton of credit. He should get a ton of credit. Like just like Phil Jackson should get a ton of credit for working with the egos that he worked with. Aaron did not want. It's not like Aaron picked Matt LaFleur to be his coach. Aaron didn't want him. Then Matt was like, here, man, this is what we're going to do. And Aaron's like, nope, I don't want to do it. And he still got through to him. That's half a coaching. Yeah. It's more than half. a. Coaching. You're right. It's getting the person you you're teaching to receive the message. You could argue what makes this MVP season so impressive is that last year, despite what was weird about last year, is they had success. Yeah. I know it ended poorly, but a lot of teams would sign up to get blown out in the NFC Championship game, right? That means fucking it went pretty well and host a playoff game. It was pretty rocky between those two, and it was weird. And this year, and one thing Roger said that I saw kind of went viral, and I just went back and watched the interview. He's like, yeah, I'm just a lot happier this year. And whether that's LaFleur... And it didn't start happy because remember the quotes a couple days after the draft was like, people close to Aaron, he's incensed, he's mad. And it wasn't like, this feels fake. Like, yeah, I'd probably be too. Right. Like, it was understandable. Right. And clearly they are just... One thing when I've seen Matt LaFleur talk, like Kyle and like McVay, I think he's a smart guy. Like, I just think he's a pretty high-level young guy. Like, if he wasn't coaching, I think he'd be successful in other industries, which can't be said for every football coach. And uh, CC Mike McCarthy, which I think Aaron would tell you, is I think that helped. And ultimately, Aaron, 
But it's not even if you are a smart guy, it can be difficult to get a guy who's above you to ultimately respect you. So to your point, like it is impressive that he bridged that gap somehow, especially relationship wasn't great. Then you put kind of like a weird thing in the middle of that relationship the year after with the quarterback draft pick and to still be able to overcome it. And the guy just embraced your offense and then wins the MVP. Like it was now Aaron goes, the best thing I ever did was listen Absolutely. to this guy. Right. Yep. Changed my career. Honestly, Extended if Aaron's it. smart, and I bet LaFleur's saying, you buy in, the, 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 fucking Tom Brady, you might, we might not be able to get to six, but we might be able to get to four. Right. No one, no one can hold your jock for the next three or four years. And he'd be like, you yeah, if you just, people. if you just use a first round pick on fucking anybody but the backup quarterback, maybe we'd have some better players around here. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll do it this year. <laughs> I feel confident the Packers will draft a wide receiver this year. <laughs> like, sorry, got you. <laughs> on that note, enjoy the games, everybody. DraftKings, Sleep Number, My Bookie, Ease. We yeah. appreciate all the support. Y'all know, iTunes y'all know reviews. The deal. See you on the streets. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.